Shannon Miller at Lizzle on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And hello, we've, we haven't seen each other for over a week, but that's okay. We don't eat, miss each other that much because we have the internet. Well, Liz, when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? <laughs> SOS. The love you gave me, nothing else can save me. SOS. That's right, folks. When you're gone, how can I even try to go on? Yeah, so in case you... That, it, it, yeah, all right, get a little applause for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we've decided this week, we're going to talk about the show that may or may not have come up before called The Leftovers. Um, Liz has let me off the chain. <laughs> Well, very specifically, I'm, I'm fascinated by the stunt they pulled yesterday, uh, the, they being, of course, HBO slash uh, the cast and crew of The Leftovers. And uh, they, because they, they launched a new trailer for the season, season three, which returns next month, but they did it in a very unconventional way. And Ben, you really dug in here, and I'd love to hear the story of you kind of tracking down all of these bits. Um, yeah, so I, I honestly... I felt a little bad for everyone else because no one was here with me when it happened. Um, and it was, I mean, Liz, you've seen me react when, when Leftovers news comes down the pipe. And I'd gotten an, a, a nice little tip-off uh, right when it went live. So literally, I, I, I didn't even watch the trailer as I was going through because I saw the clues were underneath. So we got the links that said... There was a seven-part trailer, and you had to find it online. And the first clue was on their uh, the Leftovers Facebook page and Twitter account, which had you know, the first clip from the trailer, and it says it's been seven years since the departure, and another one is coming. This is part one of the trailer. Uh, find the rest throughout the internet before it's too late. The end is near. Maybe our showrunner knows something you don't. So that clue leads you to Damon Lindelof's Instagram account, which, by the way, I'm not sure how many people knew he was on Instagram. I mean, he's fairly famous for being, you know, off social media. Like, people just kind of throw that out because he left Twitter. But he is, I mean, he's got his Instagram account. So, um, anyway, there was there was these variety of clues that, that led me through it. And I, I found them very quick. The only one that, and they were, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you kind of, you can figure it out fairly easily. Like, Liv Tyler's clue was, uh, the guy who can't seem to die can help with the next part. And it's like, well, I mean, come on, Kevin. Um, and then uh, look to the woman who tried to heal the woman with the kneel issue, which is a little bit more, it's a little a bit trickier, trickier but, you know, I mean, you, you can, you can, yeah, you can piece that together. Uh, so that's Amy Brenneman, you know, Lori. Um, the one who lost it all can help you find what you need, which led you to um, Carrie Coon's Twitter account. Uh, you're not going crazy. Just one more to go was all hers said. That was the only one that gave me pause. That was the only one that took me a second to track down the final chunk. And that was on HBO's official Facebook and Twitter feed. So uh, it didn't take too long. But it was incredibly fun. I loved every second of it. It was thrilling. You got a little treat afterwards. Um, honestly, like I was talking with Zach Scharf, our social media uh, coordinator, strategist, God, basically. 
And he mentioned that it was a little bit tricky for him to social this because he'd, he'd be able to social the trailer by itself when they released it later, but he'd also be able to social it like in these chunks, but he didn't know like exactly how to time it out. And I was like, Zach, how can you could be complaining about this? They're literally created a trivia challenge that's a treasure hunt, and the prize is you get new Leftovers footage. So I loved it. No, it's great. I mean, I, it's funny, though, because the reason I was interested in talking about this was yesterday. Uh, so right now I'm currently on a set visit, um, and uh, that means a lot of hanging out with journalists during downtime. And in conversation, the, this came up, and I was just like, oh, yeah, they did. it sounds like they did this fun scavenger hunt type thing. And this other reporter was like, that sounds awful and so annoying. And I disagreed strongly, but I have a high, I have a taste for the sort of like ARG, you know, interactive experience. I, I love tracking down clues like this. And I feel like, I feel like if, if you're already a Leftovers fan, this probably fits into that same mindset. But, you know, I mean, Ben, do you, do you, do you enjoy the puzzle? Oh yeah, I love the puzzle. And I think what, like, I, I totally understand what you're saying with, like, you know, how Leftovers fans, this, this caters towards their instincts, you know, <laughs> in general. But I do love kind of the idea that, you know, the, the show is about mysteries that we'll never really be able to solve. But there are certain mysteries that you can piece together and try to figure out for yourself. So it does play into that. But also, Liz, just on a very basic level, Leftovers fans, we don't get a lot of trivia challenges. There's no Leftovers trivia night. There's no board game. There's no, like... There's not a lot of you know merchandising going on for this kind of thing that allows us to really engage with our fandom in the proper way. So I mean, even though this wasn't the most difficult or the longest search, uh, I, I enjoyed it just because they gave me that opportunity. So I would be delighted to discover what your what, what, what like I, I bet like if you sat down and really spent some time on it, you would come up with an amazing uh, trivia game, an amazing board game for the leftovers. Oh man, I if the, <laughs> I could sell that to like twenty people. Exactly twenty. Maybe make back my money, but it would be <laughs> worth it. Uh, but no, like I, I totally get what you're saying. I saw there was one journalist who, um, oh shoot, what was her name? She's on. She works for Tim Weekly. Um, I actually like her a lot. Daniel Nussbaum. But not Daniel Nussbaum. Gosh. No, it wasn't Danielle. Um, hold on, I've got it right here. It was Shirley Lee. Oh, okay. Um, and she tweeted out pretty quickly. I think she might have even, I don't know if she beat me or not. She might have beat me. Um, that she put together the Leftovers trailer. She tracked down the Leftovers trailer so you didn't have to. And I responded. I was like, who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to track it down? Um, but, you know, obviously that, that exists out there. And I feel, like it's, I feel like it's something that we face as journalists and can be very annoying for us. Um, if only because we want to deliver the news, we have a lot going on, we don't want to be late. You know, there's a lot of time-sensitive issues and in, in getting the stuff out there. So if it's something that really bogs you down in, in just putting it together, then you can get annoyed because you have so many other things you have to do, and this is just, you know, adding to it and extending it, and it can feel a little unnecessary. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I think this is definitely catered more towards fans. They released the trailer later in the day, like pretty soon after this. Like there was mere hours between like the actual formal YouTube posting of the whole thing mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, the, the seven trailer or seven clip hunt. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, and you know, it's, it's good for fans. So yeah, by, like the, 
by the time I was able to watch it, uh, it was available in its, com in its complete form. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have very many questions and a lot of concerns about all of our favorite characters. Uh, but As one thing, I, but I wanted to talk about it also because uh, uh, in, in contrast to a, another recent HBO publicity stunt uh, that also made journalists do a little more work than they are normally accustomed to, which is, of course, uh, the Game of Thrones ice block challenge. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, which sadly did not come up at the Game of Thrones showrunners panel at South by Southwest. I can't believe nobody asked him about it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> it was nuts. It was a huge thing. I just, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, who knows whose decision that was. But basically, if, in case you are, you missed this entirely, which God bless you, uh, HBO basically announced early in the day last Thursday, I believe, because you were still in the office. Um, that, or two, this is two Thursdays ago as we, as we record this. Um, they announced two Thursdays ago uh, in the morning, hey, check out our Facebook page for a special live announcement. And that live announcement turned out to be a block of ice, which contained, quote unquote, contained the date of the premiere of the Game of Thrones season seven. And we sat there on our computers while we were supposed to be doing other things, and we watched a block of ice melt. And when Liz says we, she specifically means everyone, everyone other than me. Exactly. You very <laughs> actively rejected the idea of watching this. Yeah. I knew because of how it was how it was operating that I would find out the date the second that you like that it was unveiled anyway, so why do I care? Yeah, I mean it was it was an interesting move. I, I still remain like kind kind of kind of impressed by it just because, I mean, HBO actively actively chose to waste an hour of my time. Like, I mean, and not really waste it. Like, you know, I watched, I, I had it in a second monitor. I was doing other work. Um, but that, it, it, the, the way in which they kind of showed off just how much everyone cares about Game of Thrones, or when I say everyone, of course, I mean like everyone except Ben, uh, but, what do you think about all of that? Like, why do you think that works in terms, that didn't work necessarily for people in terms of a, you know, interactive experience? Because in theory, like if you were typing in comments, you could trigger the flamethrowers that were helping to melt the block of ice. I swear to God, I said that out loud and I didn't realize how ridiculous it sounded and God, history is gonna remember this one. But the point is, why, why was watching, why was helping a block of ice melt with your flamethrower comments less engaging than going on a quick little obstacle course? Well, it's, it, it's, I guess that answer is twofold. And the first, the first answer to me is that it's more of an endurance challenge than anything else. So like what they're asking you to do is just sit there and watch it. And sure, you can type stuff in to try to get it to melt faster, but that's just making you like, I mean, it's the equivalent of just pounding nails all day. Like you're just doing like the same motion again and again and waiting it out like you're punching the time clock and then just hoping that this work day is over with the leftovers challenge they're act they're asking you to engage and then they're rewarding you immediately so like they're they're making you think about it you figure it out you go to the next step and you get another piece of the trailer so you get something new every time you solve a puzzle and there's a lot of there's seven puzzles to solve and then they also you know will release the whole thing shortly thereafter anyway um, so they're not asking you to 
to just sit and wait for something. And then what this tells me too, and I, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be harsh on my beloved HBO marketing departments because I, I love what they're doing and I love anybody who tries new things. But like you're saying, with with the Game of Thrones ice block melting excursion, uh, it felt like they were just saying, like you said in your article, <laughs> well, I should, not what you said verbatim in your article, but it felt I like I think what I said out loud you, in the office. Yeah, but, I mean, they were giving a big fuck you to everybody else in the sense of, look at what we can do. Look at how big our dick is, and you guys cannot compare. Like, you can do whatever you want today. We're going to make the entire TV fandom stare at a melting block of ice. We are, we are having the equivalent of water boil, and we've got, what was it, 100,000 people? What was their max watching at one time? Uh, 160,000 watching live, and they totaled about, across, across like the three, this is like literally within two hours of it happening, so this isn't like even remotely close to accurate numbers, but my count was about five million views on the three different live streams. Because by the way, um, the, the Facebook live feed broke down twice and they had to reload it. And uh, so there are three different videos on the Facebook live page. Yeah, which, speak, which to me is you know, questioning like, perhaps they didn't realize just quite how interested people would be in a melting block of ice, but <laughs> which, would, which would reverse the theory of, of, of them just having the biggest dick in, in TV. But, uh, but no, like that's, that's how it felt. Like to me, it felt like they were just, you know, showing off everything they've got. And then with the leftovers, it felt like they were giving something back to the fans. Like it was like, we're going to let you have a little bit of fun and we're also going to give you a treat. And it also wasn't, like, it wasn't the release date. They gave us the release date already. They had fun doing that as well. Uh, they'd given us a trailer, two trailers already, so they, like, had fun with us as well. Like, th this wasn't something where it was necessary information that you've been, like, you need to know when Game of Thrones is coming back. People need to know this. They're, they're dying. They've been waiting. They, they hated that it was delayed. Like, this was a big deal. With the leftovers, it was a nice little gift. Like, it was like, we're going to give you some more footage, and it's going to be really good, and it's going to have that fucking ABBA song in it, which was amazing. <laughs> I just That was the best thing about getting the full trailer is one, you didn't have to have the song broken up anymore. Like, all the, you know, melodies hit when you needed them to. It was, I just, anyway. But uh, that's my that's my take. That's I, my... I honestly, I cannot wait for, because I cannot wait for the full Leftover soundtrack, because if, if the trailers that they've released already have any indication, it is going to be completely bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, looking back over the kind of the progression of the music of the show, it's been it's been moving in that direction. I mean, the show's been moving in a more bonkers direction in general, thanks to International Assassin. But um, but yeah, like the music has been more and more daring. And Liz, we've got the new Emmys category this year: music supervisor. Let's let's get leftovers in the mix here. It just one of it. Just one of its dozen nominations at once. Oh well, yeah. It deserves. Well, it deserves one of the deserves. one of the probably. Is it up to hundreds? They might have hundreds. Hundreds of nominations. It deserves. I mean, I think aren't there like a hundred categories? Yeah, but I mean, think about it this way, Liz. If there's a supporting actress category, we've got like three or four contenders. If there's supporting actors, same leads. That's two. Like there's they double up in a lot of categories. I hear what you're saying. Like you could theoretically nominate five episodes in the writing category. I mean, you. It's a, <laughs> 
There's no theoretically about how we should nominate five episodes in the writing category. So like maybe four slots that. for the leftovers and one for the Americans. Oh God! Wow. What if? What if that happened on Emmy's Day? I don't even know. <laughs> you would just you would literally probably walk out the door and walk directly into the sea because you would have no other reason to be around anymore. <laughs> I have such a good reference for what I would do, but I can't talk about it. Okay. Not, and it's not even a Leftovers reference. It's another show that I'm not supposed to talk about. Oh. Um, so we'll we'll revisit this at a later date, because I'm sure we will again theorize about what will happen if something, if The Leftovers gets its Emmy nominations yep. come July. Um, yeah, and I mean, with that said, uh, it's a conversation we're going to keep on having, as you might have guessed. Uh, but we unfortunately have to keep this podcast a little bit short this week. Uh, but I do want to make sure I ask Ben, what was the best thing he watched last week? Oh, man. Um, well, I was at South by Southwest, and that allowed me to see some really good TV and one pretty good movie. The Disaster Artist, if, if you like The Room, you guys are going to lose your freaking minds when you see this thing. But um, no, the best thing I saw last week, wait, what did I say last week, Liz? Oh, gosh. I, I think I you said Dear White People. Fuck, yeah, I did, because that was the... Okay, well, let's go with the other one, then. Um, let's go with I Love Becca and Lucy, which I also saw. At South oh, that, that, was, that was good? Yeah, it was very good. Um, it's a... So it was... It's a web series being released by Stage 13. Um, it was created by a playwright who started doing it as, like, two-minute conversations between these two best friends, and they were just these short little, you know, web videos. And then, you know, now she's expanded into about 12 to 15-minute format for the episodes. And um, it's about two best friends who are living together. They work at the same place. Um, they're, you know, they're having a ball. They're very happy. And it, it, it presents the idea in that first scene of, you know, like, why do we need more than this? Like, why are we seeking romantic love when we could be very happy with platonic love or we could be very happy with just living together and exploring those options, like, outside of that? Um, and then it kind of deconstructs that as it goes through. It's not necessarily an original question to be asked, but it, it is one that demands re-examination because of how it's presented in the show and because of um, how well these characters are developed. Like, one of them has a boyfriend and he's let's say questionable, but he's not a, like an overt douchebag. It's not somebody where you're like, God, I just can't wait for her to break up with him because obviously they shouldn't be together. There's a, there's a goodness to him that you can see why she'd want to stick around. And at the same time, you can see how it doesn't compare to the friendship. And then it just, all these bigger questions come in and the pacing of it is so good because of the episodes being shorter. Like they, she really knows, I think it's Rachel Holder. I'm pretty sure that's her name. She knows how to work, um, she knows how to work these arcs in and connect them together so it feels very fluid and, and moving forward and, and there's not a lot of uh, spare time. But at the same time, it's very relaxed and very charming and it, and it enjoys its comedy. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see more. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think a fun, fun bit of trivia, I did some research on it back when it was announced for South By. And I think originally it starred uh, Gina Rodriguez in the original like nascent form. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. she, yeah. I think I think that's the case. And then, of course, you know, Gina Rodriguez went and got a show. <laughs> she went and got a show and got a Golden Globe, and you know, uh, there, what there, were some, there were some things, I guess, that happened. But uh, but no, like the the new cast is is very good. Jessica Parker Kennedy and Tanisha Long are, are very very good at what they do. Um, yeah. But Liz, what was the best thing you saw last week? The best thing I saw last week. Um, is 
not Iron Fist, which I have just I've, I've just basically kind of crammed my way through all all 13 episodes. Um, it is not Iron Fist, but I will say the best thing I watched last week was Jessica Henwick and Rosario Dawson having scenes together in Iron Fist. Um, I'm not saying that you should watch Iron Fist. I think it's a it's a, it, my my reviews headline at the stage is which which would probably go under some revision, which is it is completely skippable in a really sad way. Um, but oh, can we just do Iron Fist review hard pass and that's it? I would I'm totally for it. Uh, you, you you guys make that decision. I have to get on a bus in a minute. Um, All right. But I. Uh, but yeah, Rosario Dawson and Jessica Henwick having scenes together in Iron Fist was great. They are fun. They get to do kung fu together. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that all the women of Iron Fist, with a couple of exceptions, were far more interesting than their male components. Wow. What, I mean, what a surprise that the Marvel gets the progressive elements of this right. I mean, that's only what they've been doing for the past two se seasons or series that they've released. So Yeah. Uh, too bad. Uh, too bad. Every other element of the show is super problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ben, what was the next thing you're looking forward to? Well, obviously it's the leftovers. But since we spent most of the episode talking about that, uh, since we spent most of the episode talking about a trailer, uh, <laughs> I will say that I am very much looking forward to Archer. Um, I love Archer so much, and I love what they're doing. I love every season they've made, um, but especially since they've started doing these kind of one-off adventure seasons where they've had Archer Vice and then they've gone to Hollywood and now they're having Archer Dreamland. Um, I'm very excited to watch these and uh, and yeah, I, I, I just got to get a little plug in there for Archer because we can't forget about it, folks. It's of, a great show. Of course not. Um, Liz, what about you? Uh, there's so much coming up, so many different screener links I have to explore, but the first thing that came to mind was Grace and Frankie. Uh, yes, great which, pick. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we've got six episodes of the next season, which premieres. Oh God, is that in a week? Yeah. Oh, good. So, uh, but and I, I don't think I don't even think I'm reviewing, but I might I might actively choose to watch a show I'm not reviewing. It's very or writing about in any respect. It's very exciting for me. Uh, well, you might still write about it, Liz. We can all we can all write about Grace and Frankie. It'll be fun. Yes, it is true. But that's a delightful show. Great cast uh, from the four elder statesmen to the younger people who have, who I hope get more more to do this season because I feel like I feel like they're kind of the unappreciated talents. But uh, uh, they yeah. can stay in the back. They can stay unappreciated. That's fine. I mean, I love June Day and Raphael Baron Vaughn. Like that's June. Yes, more June. Yes. 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 Yeah, don't fight me. Don't fight me on this one. Uh, I would not fight you on June. She's the best. Yes, and uh, yeah, and so you can find all of these, uh, so all these shows being discussed and more on IndieWire.com, where you can find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And you can find other IndieWire podcasts, including this week's episode of Screen Talk, which featured a special guest who you might be familiar with. Um, on IndieWire.com, and I mean, there's other podcasts too that are great, like Turn It On with Michael Schneider for all your relevant TV news, and the Filmmaker Toolkit po podcast with Chris O'Fault. So check those out. Yep, Ben is a special guest on Screen Talk. Spoiler alert. God, Liz. Ha! I, I, I foiled you, but also I gave you a gift. I we talked about the leftovers, and then you also we also had the episode under 30 minutes. It's. I mean. <laughs> Well, again, as, as I mentioned going in, of all the episodes that we had to do in a condensed amount of time, this was the wrong one to choose. But I do appreciate talking about The Leftovers in March. It's a beautiful appetizer for what's to come. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. And as always, you guys, keep watching television. Thank you.